Welcome to Let's Get Unraveled, a place where artists from all walks of life come to share their unabridged stories and speak openly and candidly about their creative journeys. We're so happy you're here. Hi, everybody. I'm Co Hodges, the co-founder of Unraveled Academy, an online photography school and community where we offer artists a place to grow and create without fear of judgment and where every artist has a seat at the table. Today, I have a fabulous guest, Tony Black. She is an unraveled educator, a game changer in regard to boudoir photography, a sales expert and pretty much the coolest girl we know. So thank you so much for being here, honey. Thank you for having me. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so we're going to dig right in. Uh, I want to go to the beginning. We ask everybody about their uh, the beginning of their journey. So can you tell everyone when you first picked up a camera and why? Oh, wow. So <laughs> I first picked up a camera when my now 15-year-old son was mm-hmm. two. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah, we had just moved to California. My ex-husband was in the military. And that was my first time being that far away from home. Um, No family around. My best friend lived in L.A. We lived in 29 Palms. That was like maybe two and a half, three hours away. Um, So, yeah, I picked up a camera to photograph my son. um, And it was just a point and shoot. Mm. It might have been like a Canon or something like that. And that's where I started. Um, actually, I remember when I was younger, I wanted to be a model. <laughs> I wanted to, you know, I was watching Tyra Banks oh, and, and Naomi yes. Campbell. They were my, they were my idols. And here I was, you know, five, seven, which was short for modeling back then. <laughs> I was going to say I'm five, but, two. I'm like, you're tall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I was like, it. Five, seven, super thin Mm. um, with this super dark skin. Um, And I was dark at the time just because I was in band camp for six years. So I had a year round tan. Right. And my my parents were like, no, photographers are creepy. Photographers (laughs) will take advantage of you and they will try to have sex with you. And they may try to take. I was like, yo, oh, my gosh. So I had this horrible idea of photographers. And of course, they only they didn't even think women were photographers. It was like, it's going to be a man and he's going to take advantage of you. You make it creepy guys. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So they shut that shit down. Um, Yeah, that would scare you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so I was always interested in modeling and always Mm -hmm. interested in in having a camera. And I just never got one until my son was two, which wasn't too many years after I had him when I was 18. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's that's how I started. And I just fell in love with photography from there. Um, A few years later, I got an advanced point and shoot. Mm. And then I just transitioned into my business um, almost a decade ago. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. I love that. Oh, I love that so much. It, it, I was a it really, Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it. And I love that now, like you in front of the camera, for those of you that haven't seen, like you're stunningly beautiful Thank and you. nobody looks like you. Do you know what I mean? Like you just have such confidence in front of the camera, which I'm envious of. Um, and I think that you're doing such, <laughs> such amazing work. Um, let's talk, that's a good segue into what we're doing together. So we're doing this project. Yeah. Well, I say that loosely. I had, I had the initial concept and then I haven't, it's not my course, but I want to talk right. about it. So 
we, we had this idea, Sarah and myself, um, and we wanted to really expand upon it, um, in relation to diversity and specifically empowering women of color in photography. Mm -hmm. Um, so I got linked up with Tony and, uh, three other amazing, amazing women who are Mm -hmm. currently creating this course called empowering women of color in photography for unraveled for our student body. Can you give me a brief explanation of this course? Oh man, this course <laughs> is, first of all, it's freaking amazing. I was just looking over the content and mm-hmm. I'm just so blown away. I was like, oh my gosh, did I do enough? Everyone is so fantastic. Um, I know. But this course is basically, in my opinion, an intro course to women of color, specifically black women, because, mm-hmm. you know, like all of us are, <laughs> most of us are black. So, yes. um, but it's like an intro course to the issues that women of color face, even mm-hmm. though it's specific, um, even though we're all black women teaching the course, I think it's so specific to other women of color yes. as well. Um, and it's just discussing how uh, it, it's discussing the issues that we face in mm-hmm. our everyday life in, in giving birth and all of those things in business. Um, and it's telling you those struggles, but then it's also showing how we can empower each other, mm-hmm. um, and lift each other up and make room for the women of color in our lives. Oh, yes. Through photography. Absolutely. So that really, that really covered my next question of why, the, <laughs> why, why this course is necessary because it literally gives me chills every time we talk about it. Um, yes. And of course, this is this is nothing that I can do. That's why we had our initial right. meeting and I was so emotional about it because it's like, this is yes. something that has to be done. Here's the platform. Here's the tools. You guys go bananas and really, really take your hearts and put it out there uh, for everybody right. because each of you are so different um, in your background, where you live, mm-hmm. what kind of business structure you have, how mm-hmm. you shoot. Everybody's so diverse. Um, you know, we got Chanel who does birth. Yes. Um, we got Jamie who does a lot of documentary stuff. Yes. And we'll talk about like your your primary body of work uh, as well. Um, okay. But it, it's just really, really so cool to see everybody's ideas come together. It is. Um, and with Tracy, I mean, Tracy, she is so, she's so amazing because she's so quiet, but yes. then, but then she's not. <laughs> she's definitely not. I love I it. Know. I love that about her. It's um, I, It is. I think this course is super um, important. That was the question. Why is it necessary? I think yes. this, I think this course is necessary because women of color are so often silenced. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really difficult for us sometimes to operate in, um, in spaces. You know, we always talk about feminism in, mm-hmm. in including women and women over everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but within that, there has to be intersectionality for women of color yes. because while we're, while we're focused on the big picture, women versus everyone else, well, women versus men and Mm -hmm. and the obstacles that we face within that, you know, women of color have our own issues and each, each sect, I don't, I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, like each um, community, I guess I should say Mm -hmm. of women of color have different, we all have different issues, but at the end of the day, they all kind of intersect, which is why intersectionality is so important. Um, When we try to speak up, 
we get silenced. Mm -hmm. When we try to create our own space, we're told that we're excluding everyone else. Right. Which is funny because we always get excluded and we're just like, hey, (laughs) if you don't want to see us, fuck you. We're going to do our own thing. (laughs) Right. I Um, want to talk about that for just a quick second because I think this is what is so important about this course is that that's what was happening. People Mm -hmm. people weren't getting noticed. Their work was Mm -hmm. being, you know, pushed aside or like we talked a lot about with Jamie. Me, uh, it got to the point where these women weren't were were completely silent within groups, within communities. Yes. They weren't they weren't putting their body of work forward to be recognized or exonerated exactly. in any way. And and so then it was like, okay, well now we got to do our own thing. So then right. these micro groups popped up, and then some really rose to the top very quickly. And then it was kind of like, okay, that's it. And so how can we take these groups and mush everybody together? And that's what we're trying to do with Unraveled so much. And it's working. Mm -hmm. It's working. It's organically happening Mm -hmm. um, because finally everybody feels that they have a place. And that's the point. That's what I feel like needs to be done across the board in every photography community. Because if you really open your eyes, you guys opened my eyes to, to, I I thought I was, you know, pretty, pretty diverse culturally. And I thought I was pretty like awakened to the issues at hand. And then when you really sit down and you look at it and you're like, oh my God, I don't even have a fucking clue. Yeah. It was, it was, really humbling and really beautiful for me. It was, one, it was a really cool moment in my journey, uh, mm-hmm. not only creatively, but in my business to really open my right. eyes to this and let's expand our horizons. And I think that's one of the biggest things that we all have to look in internally and, re- yes. and recognize it. Absolutely. Know? I think yeah. for me, when I first started photography, um, professionally or when I decided I wanted to be professional um when I was when I actually went out and purchased the DSLR I guess I should say Mm -hmm. more specifically I didn't know what the fuck I was doing (laughs) I was like yo this camera has other settings (laughs) I was like wow what do I do and so I um I started seeking out a community yeah. And I found a I found a, an online Facebook community um, and it was majority white women. And at the time I was a Christian. So it was a mm-hmm. Christian based group. Sure. Um, and it was really cool at first. Um, and I can tell you a little bit of backstory with that as well. Um, I'm probably going to go off on a little tangent. So bear with me. Uh, I'm going to bring it back home. <laughs> do, it, do it. Do <laughs> it. My um, my ex-husband is not black. And so, and he was in the military. And so for me, I was always kind of like a token. I was always the only black person around. And I was always told, oh, you know, but which outside of, you know, my business, I go by Ann. Um, people would be like, oh, Ann, you know, you're black, but you're not black, black, you know, <laughs> like you don't talk like those other black people, um, you know, you're brown on the outside, but you're white on the inside. And I didn't understand how to deal with it. And so I just kind of kept quiet Mm because I didn't know what to say. You know, like I didn't understand those microaggressions. And you hear that for so long that you start to think, well, maybe I'm, you know, maybe I am a little bit different. And it's really crazy. So I was in a completely different place from where I am now. I was super young and didn't know how to navigate that, Um, especially not having any other people of color around. um, Well, more specifically, Black people with my family being so far away. So here I am entering this group. um, 
And I start to notice the microaggressions, like people saying stuff like that. Or and it, it wasn't even directed towards me. It was me seeing them say things towards other people of color, mm-hmm. not other Black people, but just, you know, like maybe a Hispanic person or a person from the Middle East, especially mm-hmm. a person from the Middle East. Yeah. And I was like, yo, y'all are saying some really fucked up shit. Like, y'all, <laughs> y- like, it was really weird to me. And mm-hmm. when I would speak up on it, because at that time I was starting to find my voice mm-hmm. and I was starting starting to wake up to the lack of intersectionality. Mm-hmm. And they would completely shut me down. I was like, wow, if y'all are doing this to me, then you must be doing this to your clients too, if you even have clients that are people of color. Right. Um, and so I started to, like, I went through a divorce and then I started to, as we call it in our community, um, become woke. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, I... I basically felt like I took the red pill because the blue pill makes you sleep right. I mean, the blue <laughs> pill makes you sleep right. Yeah, my Matrix reference that I'm fucking up. Right. But anyway, I, I that's when I kind of started to wake up to how people of color really didn't um, have intersectionality in photography. Mm-hmm. And then I started to notice that there were only a few people of color who were on major state, like major platforms and speaking on major stages. Mm-hmm. Um And then from there, I realized that if they were speaking, they were probably the only black person. And then I'm like, shit, it took me back to those days where it was like, well, you're not really like everyone else. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like you're like us, you're not really like them. And it just makes me think, you know, within the photography community, that's kind of what we're told when we are accepted. That's what we're told without it actually being that blatant. They're saying, well, you're not like all those other people that you look like. You're kind of like us. And that's why we accept you. And that's a shitty feeling to have. So people of color started creating their own groups. You know, there are um, fantastic groups out there for people of color. Um, But it's still, you know, and it's good for us to have our own safe spaces. I think that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But it's also cool when the majority realizes that they have their own personal bias, right? Um, And we all have, we all have personal bias, but... When you're not a person of color, your personal bias can be harmful. So we all have to address our biases and we have to see how those biases are affecting the people around us. And not saying that people of color don't have harmful um, biases that we act on, but as a whole, um, when you have a personal bias against people of color, not only are you hurting the people around you, but you're hurting your potential business. Yes. Because that means that you're excluding people that probably love your work and would love to work with you, but you know, you exclude them for whatever reason. And Mm -hmm. it may be conscious or it may be unconscious Mm -hmm. and it's really shitty. (laughs) And and trust me, you don't like, people don't realize, like you don't realize how you exclude people and how the Mm -hmm. words that you say impact other people. But I can guarantee you those other people notice. (laughs) So actually that's a really, really interesting question I want to ask for for the people who are unaware, because the vast majority of the people listening are going to be unaware. So walk me through. And make you feel a little bit attacked and like, not me. No, (laughs) but that's the thing. That's the point of this. That's what we're talking about, you guys. Like this is Mm -hmm. very, very important. So walk me through as a consumer. Say you want to go book uh, a family session, right? Right. And you go to the artist's website. 
Are right. you, as a person of color, are you going on there to see if there are other people of color in the body Absolutely. of work? Right. And yeah. I feel like when I, because I do a lot of mentoring, um, mm-hmm. look at a lot of websites, and I constantly hear the question of like, okay, I want to diversify my client base. And I'm like, sweet, mm-hmm. how do I do that? Well, you got to show it, you know? And yes. that's the, the first step. And we're going to talk about uh, more ways in which you can do that later. Yes. But and so that, and that's exactly it. It's as simple as that. And most people don't even realize it until they look at their yes. body of work and go, Oh damn, I got nothing. You know, and then they're like, How do I get people? How do I get black people in my portfolio? I have no black friends. Yes, yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's the um, unconscious, yes. unconscious exclusion, I think is yes. the best way to verbalize yes. that. And it is so important to take a look at yourself. And I had to do it. And I have mm-hmm. my own personal bias in relation to men. And you and I have talked about this yes. before. Also been divorced, have right. you know, not close with my father, had kind of, you know, a little bit of trauma from my childhood. Yes. And so I have personal bias towards men. So Me in, in, you know, in some regard, and I've had to put that in check as I have become an adult and a parent and a yes. you know, mother to a son. Yes. So, mm-hmm, so now I've got to really dig deep. And all of this is okay. You guys, all of this is okay. This is the, right. hu- the human experience. We're just shedding light on it. And that's why Tony, you're just, oh, seriously, you get me all fired up. I get on my sofa. <laughs> I love talking to you about this stuff. It's so important. So, it is. Awesome. so let's get so, back. Let's get back yes. to the message. <laughs> yes. So you are asking, how do you, as yeah. a consumer, um, like all of those questions, you are, I'm going to mm-hmm. kind of answer them all. Cause I don't remember all of the questions, but sure. I will start by saying this. First of all, as a consumer, I absolutely look for people of color um, in a person's portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessary. It's not 100% necessary for me um, because I understand everyone doesn't like have that. Well, I'm not even going to make that excuse anymore. I used, to make that excuse. I used to say it's okay that they don't have people of color in their portfolio because they just may not know any people of color. They just may not have anyone around them. I used to say that and I don't say that anymore. So I'm not mm-hmm. going to say that, but, um, I do look for that. It doesn't make me not seeing a person of color won't make me not go with them. Right. But it will make me, it won't put them on the top of the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I also look for language. Um, I look for how they speak, how they speak about their clients. I definitely check people out on social media. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a, um, you know, in in this day and age, we kind of become the CIA and the FBI and all those other things. (laughs) We look like your life is on social media. (laughs) That's true. So I do, I go to people's social media if I'm considering hiring them for something as personal as photography Mm -hmm. Um, or any vendor that's, you know, personal to me, uh, whether it be like a a caterer or anything like that, um, that I'll be working closely with. I look at, I look and see how they speak about people of color, Mm -hmm. um, how they speak to themselves, like the language that they use. Um, Because I'm like, if you are, if you have no friends that are people of color and you're using um, African-American vernacular English, then yeah, no, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm like, we're not going to be friends. Like I can't work with you because you're probably going to make me (laughs) angry. Um, But that's one thing that I noticed. Um, But flipping that, 
and saying and you know and addressing how as a business owner if you look at your portfolio and you see you don't have um, a diverse portfolio mm-hmm. um, so like I said some of the questions are some of the the responses that you may have to that is that your town doesn't have a lot of people of color mm-hmm. um, whether it be and by people of color I'm not specifically talking about black people I will right. always say black women of color black men of color or black people of color. When we say people of color, we're talking about anyone who's not white. Right. Or in, you know, so if you are saying I don't have, there's not an Asian community in my, in my town, or there is not a black community in my town, or, you know, I don't really know many Middle Eastern people. Um, that could be very true. But then also, it's probably not true. <laughs> it's probably, <laughs> it may not be a not large true. community, but there's definitely a community um, there that you just don't know about. Just don't um, know about. And that's okay. You know, it's it's okay. You don't know what you don't know. Right. Um, and so, first of all, when you notice that, you have to acknowledge it mm-hmm. and acknowledge, well, hey, maybe I'm just not a very diverse person. And then you have to be forgiving of yourself. You can't, yes. you can't take it personally. A lot of times uh, when we talk about these things, um, White people, especially, I'm going to say white women um, right now. I'm going to just talk about white women for a moment sure. because most of most of our um, within our community, it's mostly white women. Sure. Um, and you know, we talk about our biases with men. We can address men later. We're going to talk about women. <laughs> so um, you know, like with white women, when we talk about these things, white women usually get offended and they get defensive and they're like, "Well, I'm not racist." I'm like, right. well, pump your brakes, sis. I'm not saying you're racist. <laughs> I'm just addressing this issue and it's right. okay. Be easy. Like be easy on yourself yeah. and and acknowledge it and, and yeah. sit in it for a moment and then forgive yourself and move forward. You right. can't you can't move forward if you have this wall up. We all want to be defensive. Like we all get defensive about something. Um, but yeah, so first of all, like I said, acknowledge it. Um, and then that's when you can begin to seek genuine relationships with people of color. And before you even start doing that for your photography work, I mean, or for trying to get clients, do it within your community. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many people of color in, in Unraveled and in other yes. online communities that we're in. Take the time to actually talk to them. Mm-hmm. Take the time to actually listen to them. Go check out their work. Go check out their Instagram and follow them. And you don't have to, you know, people are like, well, it's so hard. I don't know how to meet new people. I'm going to tell you how. <laughs> Super easy. Go to their Instagram. Start following them. Yep. When they post something that you like, comment on it. Just a simple comment too easy and then you'll start to they'll probably respond to you if you're commenting often they'll probably start responding to you Mm -hmm. and then you start to build kind of a little online relationship and then from there you can start like once you once you break that wall then there's a little bit of trust there and then you can start talking to them and building relationships with them and if y'all are both photographers then you probably have something in common Mm -hmm. like the degrees of separation within the photography community are insanely small Mm -hmm. so that's how you build those relationships. Um, but with that being said, make sure that you're not tokenizing and fetishizing them. Mm, and that's by a great that, segue. Yes. Yes. And by that, I mean, when you see them, 
Um, and you're like, oh my gosh, you are so beautiful. Your skin is just so chocolatey and brown. I just wish I would. <laughs> Don't say shit like that because we're looking at you like, okay, that's weird. <laughs> I was born with this skin, okay. <laughs> like, don't tokenize us in that way. Just be genuine. Talk to them yeah. like you would talk to any other person. Absolutely. I mean, it's okay to acknowledge that you love our beautiful skin because, you know, like, tan skin is gorgeous. That's why everybody wants to tan. Right. But don't be, you know, over the top with it. Um, and Absolutely. Yeah. And then when they speak up on issues that are pertaining to them that you don't understand, Shut the fuck up and listen. <laughs> yes. Just listen. They, yes. You may feel like we talked about feeling offended and defensive. Mm-hmm. You may feel offended at first. You may feel defensive. Mm-hmm. Like the, your back may raise. Like it may tense up. Mm-hmm. You may get a chill down your spine. And you're going to say, not me. Yep. But that's okay because it could be you. And that's fine if it is. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge it to yourself. You don't even have to say anything to them. You don't have to be like, oh my gosh, girl, that's me. You don't have to say any of that shit. Sit with it. Think about it for a minute. It's going to hurt. It's going to be uncomfortable. And then say, you know what? I am like that. Let me do a self-check and then move around. Yep. Leave that shit behind. Move forward and keep going. You'll be a better person because of it. And you'll make friends. And then once you begin to do that within your community, it'll be so much easier for you to do that in person. It'll be so much easier for you to make friends with someone or not even make friends, but like, well, yeah, make friends in person in your in your neighborhoods, in your communities, mm-hmm. but also reach out to clients. Yes. You know, and I just want to go back because I just I kind of dropped a bombshell that I don't know if y'all noticed um, <laughs> Instagram thing, but that's also how you can grow your Instagram. Yeah. Search your hashtags. And I'm not saying go and search black people's hashtags and just start <laughs> dropping, you know. I mean, that could work for you, but, you know, um, you search the hashtags that in your neighbor, in your local area, and you find a few people, like the top people, mm-hmm. or you find people that have work that you're interested in, and you comment on their on their Instagram feeds, and that's how you kind of build those relationships and grow your followers. So that was just a little nugget I dropped, but that's also <laughs> how you can reach other like reach other photographers who are people of color or photographers that you're interested in who don't look like you to expand your community. Um, In this day and age, there's no way we can say, well, we don't have those people around me because Mm -hmm. my community is really, really small. When your community is outside of who you live with, your community is also online. Exactly. And I actually have a question about that because I'm sure a lot of people are wondering, and I've seen this pop up several times within the last few months in mm-hmm. other chats. If you want to get, if you want to bulk up your portfolio with a couple of sessions with people of color, family of color, mm-hmm. or even mm-hmm. like LGBT community members, mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. do you do that? Do you do a model call? Is that rude? Is it, does it look like exploitation? Because I've seen that pop up pretty frequently. And I want to make sure that we're leading people in the right direction. Like, okay, cool. We've sat with this information. We've recognized it. We want to build up our portfolio. What's the next step? Well, I, we all have, everyone has differing opinions on that. Um, and this is just my personal opinion on that. (laughs) Um, it's really difficult when you're aware that you don't have 
you know, the diversity that you want in your portfolio and you're aware that you don't have those friends, um, it makes it really difficult because you don't know what language to use. Language Mm -hmm. is so important. The words that we speak and how we speak them matter. Words matter. Like growing up, our parents told us sticks and stones may break your bones, but words can never hurt you. Mm-hmm. That's a lie. <laughs> That's exactly words right. are hurt because they yeah. stick, like bruises and scratches and scrapes heal, but words leave lasting scars mm-hmm. and you don't know what someone is dealing with. So you don't know what words will bother them. Right. Um, so with that being said, I personally feel like you have to do groundwork first. You have to build yourself a community first before you can just start pinpointing like random things. Like say you want um, you want an, uh, a person who's a part of the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't just go out and say, oh, you know, I'm going to do this model call for these people when you don't even have those people in your circle. I believe in starting with your friends. Mm-hmm. So I personally believe that you should start building your community first um, because that will make you comfortable around those people. A lot of times when people say, well, I don't even have the, like my portfolio isn't diverse because I don't have friends who look like this. Mm -hmm. Well, that means that you're probably uncomfortable talking to those people. So it's going to be awkward for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if it's awkward for you, it's going to be awkward for them. So I say, in my humble opinion, (laughs) (laughs) um, build a community, like build relationships with those people online first. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to use our resources the way that we know how. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then once you can, and maybe you can look for hashtags for local people um, and start and start, you know, we were talking about hashtags on Instagram, definitely look up hashtags for people in your community. Um, look up, you know, um, research hashtags for the LGBTQ plus community in your neighborhoods. I mean, in your mm-hmm. in your area and start, you know, liking things that you see and start engaging with those people so that when you like you'll be talking to them and you'll feel comfortable with them and you'll get an idea of what language to use. You can't just jump into you can't just mm-hmm. jump into something without doing research. That's just my opinion. You mm-hmm. have to understand what you're getting yourself into before you do it sometimes um, when other people are involved. So I say do that. And then when you get ready to build your your model call, um, first of all, you can reach, if you've made friends with them, you can personally reach out to them and be like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, we've been chatting for a while and I'd love to offer you a session. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I realized my portfolio, like I don't have a representation of you in my portfolio. You can let them know that you feel like they're underrepresented and you just want to showcase them. Mm-hmm. That way you're not just being selfish. You're actually helping bring awareness to their life as mm-hmm. well. So that'll make them more, uh, it's more genuine and it, it will make them more um, eager to work with you mm-hmm. instead of just putting out a model call on social media saying, hey, you guys, I'm looking for an LGBTQ couple who wants to show love, you know, that, <laughs> right. that, can, that can be super weird. Or like, hey, you guys, I'm looking for a black couple, you know, right. must be so-and-so and so-and-so. That's, that's super weird. And some people jump on that just because they want free photos, but sure. most people don't. Um, so it goes back to building genuine and authentic relationships. And once you start doing that, you'll become aware of the issues. Like if you're doing it the way, like from a sincere place, then you'll start to become aware of the issues that these marginalized, I don't, I hate using the word marginalized. I'll just say that people of color Mm -hmm. face, um, 
And then when you do your model call, it won't be, hey, I just want these people in my portfolio. It's, hey, I realize that you're underrepresented in our community Mm -hmm. and I'd love to showcase you and show that I'm down. Mm -hmm. Don't say I'm down. (laughs) Don't say that. I apologize. Don't don't say Say that that I support you. (laughs) I support you. Light it up a little bit. Don't say I'm down. Don't say I'm down. Could you imagine um, being like, girl, I'm down. (laughs) Yeah, and I'd be like, girl, you ain't. But okay. (laughs) White as hell. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's that's just my personal opinion. Other people will say just go for it, but watch your language. Mm-hmm. I like I said, I personally feel like you you have to understand the language, you have to understand the community, you have to have relationships first. And it doesn't take long to build relationships online. Mm-hmm. Right. I promise you. If you have a genuine connection with someone like I shoot, Colleen, you and I, mm-hmm. we were introduced yes. by Kevin. By Kevin, I know. And I'm so grateful we for that. Instantly so. clicked. Yeah. And we instantly clicked. Instant. And from here, yep. like we just had an instant connection. And from there, we just kind of went with it. I know. You know? And look at all the and cool so, shit we're doing together now. And look at all the cool <laughs> shit we're doing. Exactly. And so I say that to say you can make those connections genuinely. Yeah. Um, and then the more you the more friends that you make, the more people you meet. Mm-hmm. And like the more connections you make, then people will start introducing you to other people. If they understand, like once you become friends with someone, you can have those genuine conversations with them. Right. You know, it's it's really difficult when you have, um, and I'm going to say marginalized people this time, just because mm-hmm. I don't want to specifically speak on people of color since we brought up LGBTQ plus. Sure. Like, so when you, when you, um, I almost lost my train of thought. Let me bring it back. (laughs) When you are talking to marginalized people about the issues that they face, it's rude as hell to make them do labor. You know, Mm -hmm. like you have you like, I understand, like you may be realizing that, hey, I have been super biased. Hey, I have been um, excluding these people unknowingly, like. And now you have this thirst for knowledge. And I'm so excited if you do. That's fantastic. And I know you have all these questions, but you can't just go in line and be like, hey, Black person, I realize that, you know, this is what you're going through. Tell me all about it. Right. right, right. (laughs) Nobody's got time for that. Yeah, nobody got time for that. (laughs) Exactly. It's really difficult. That's asking them to do emotional labor. It's very, there's a lot of emotion. Just like as a woman, you wouldn't want a man coming up to you and saying, hey, woman, I realize that, you know, you guys don't make as much money as us, even though you may be more qualified. Tell me all about it. (laughs) Some people may want to just go on a rant and go for it, but sometimes that is exhausting, you know? So maybe you can maybe ask if they have resources um, or if they can tell you some words to look up because I still believe at the end of the day, you don't know what you don't know. So Mm -hmm. you're going to have questions, but on a platform, you just, you have to ask, you know, questions that show that you're going to go do the research. Right. But once you make friends with people, you can slide in a friend's inbox and say, hey, girl, hey. <laughs> I'm a little confused about this. Yep. When you get time, can you explain it to me? Or can you point me in the right direction? Mm-hmm. And then you can have those conversations in private. Mm-hmm. And when they see that you are, like, if you're coming from a place of sincerity and you're truly trying to learn, um, and you're just being yourself about it. And now like, oh my God, I can't believe you go through this. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm such a horrible person. <laughs> we don't want to hear that shit either. 
better. <laughs> but it is his life. Just to be like, oh shit, that's what you were going through. I didn't know that. Okay, let me do the research and then keep it moving. Like you'll make connections and then they'll introduce you to people in your area. Mm-hmm. They may say, oh, hey, I have a friend who lives in your area. Mm-hmm. Maybe they would be willing to do a photo shoot with you. I love that. Like, look at that. So don't don't disregard the importance of online relationships. I I have made some of my best friends online. Absolutely. Same. This whole Unraveled exists because Sarah and I met online. That's exactly right. And and I love just the simplicity of opening the door. All you have to do is open the door, let the universe do its work. You will meet people. I promise you, you will meet people and you will get close with them and they will change your life. And to me, it's like, it's the online ultimate dinner party with a huge diverse population of people who you can connect with. And I mean, and especially like within Unraveled, Mm -hmm. We're represented by 22 different countries. It's insane how many different people and walks of life live, some silently within the community. And we want to raise everybody up so that everybody can speak and everybody connects. I mean, it it really is a beautiful tapestry. It is. It's so beautiful. And just imagine out of all of the people in all these different countries, how many people are being silent in the group? Yep. It, it just really, because they feel like they're being, you know, like just because they feel like they don't have space or they feel mm-hmm. like they be ignored or they feel insecure about it or they feel insecure that, about it. Absolutely. I'll never forget just talking to Jamie uh, about this course and mm-hmm. then specifically like she's been featured several different times. I met her in person uh, at a shootout. She's such an amazing artist. And to hear her say that she was scared to post just broke my heart. Right. Scared to post, not sharing her work. Um, and then she, you know, she did. And then she started sharing <clears> and she started getting featured. She started getting recognized. And because she's awesome. Because she's super awesome. And she was so brave to do that. And she yes. was one of very few who were doing that. Right. And, and let I, me tell mm-hmm. you, it's difficult to put yourself out there like it that. Is. Because I promise you, we've all been burned. Mm-hmm. We've all been burned like it it's hard doing that and, and being vulnerable and then getting gaslit all the time getting yes. silenced and ignored all the time mm-hmm. or being told that you are excluding them all this excuse me all the time yes. that shit hurts so you just shut up and stick to your own community mm-hmm. you absolutely oh I love this so much so let's go to let's let's talk about And I know we touched on a lot of this, but to sum it up, what shifts would you like to see happen in the photography community in the next five years? And how can we all help these to happen? Oh, yeah. So first of all, I would like to see um, just the industry be more diverse, Mm -hmm. Um, like the face of the industry to be Mm -hmm. more diverse. You know, I'd like to see more women and I especially love to see more people of color. Mm -hmm. Um, because there aren't many people of color, you know, featured on major stages, major mm-hmm. platforms. There aren't very many people of color who are even brand ambassadors. I mean, Charmy is the first woman mm-hmm. of color who Nikon actually has as an ambassador. It's crazy. Um, Can you tell everybody who Charmy is just a little bit? So she is um, 
a wedding photographer in New York mm-hmm. and she's fucking fantastic. So if you don't she know is. her, you have to look her up. Um, she's just, she's an amazing person and she speaks for people who don't have a voice. Mm-hmm. She will always, always go to bat for people who don't have a voice. And her wedding photography is amazing. It's amazing. She's incredible. Amazing. Amazing. She is beautiful individual, beautiful mm-hmm. soul. Um, and one of the most caring and giving um, people I know. Um, but she was Nikon's first um, ambassador. And she wholeheartedly believes in opening the door for other people. And I think that that's just important. I just want to see more of uh, more diversity on the main stage, but then mm-hmm. also within groups. And within like small, like on a smaller scale, I just want to see more diversity Mm -hmm. um, within our communities. Um, I would love to see um, just more people of color speaking out and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, having their own space, but also having space within the community. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love this so much. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about you and what... What does next year look like for you creatively? Oh my gosh. Next year um, for me is crazy. So I will be teaching in a few workshops. Mm -hmm. I will be teaching in a few conferences. I actually, um, it was just announced at the cookout. Some are not announced yet, but this one has been announced um, with the cookout. Excuse me, my um, throat. I should have gotten tea, but <laughs> took out by Tamaya Coven Education. Uh, Tamaya mm-hmm. Coven Education is another platform. Mm-hmm. She had her first conference um, last week, and she's going to be having the second conference in New Orleans. And I will be one of the speakers. It was mm-hmm. just announced. Oh, that's so amazing! Oh my gosh, she's um, she's a visionary for sure. Listen, you mm-hmm. have no idea. Like just listening to her talk about her passion and what she believes in is just so inspiring. You know, she actually inspired me to create body undefined. And so that's, uh, that's kind of a segue into my next thing. Um, body undefined is my blog. Uh, it's a submissions, um, blog for photographers for boudoir. I originally started body undefined in May. And it was supposed to be for, you know, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say everybody, like, I mean, every individual body right. that was not, that's not seen as beautiful by society. Right. Um, because if you look up beautiful, hmm. if you Google beautiful, you will only see, you know, slim white women with, you know, long blonde hair, maybe long brunette hair. You may see a redhead and then you'll see like maybe one black woman. And she'll be considered super exotic. She'll have like the the gorgeous body with the very prominent facial features Mm -hmm. that some would say look European, um, Mm -hmm. but we're not going to go there. (laughs) Um, But you don't see, you know, you don't see the woman whose body is curvy. You don't see, you know, the... the non-binary person. You don't mm-hmm. see any of those things. So that's what Body Undefined originally was. But then I was just getting a flood of submissions of skinny white women. <laughs> and, you know, I don't, I think, I believe every person is beautiful, but 
I also believe that there's they have space. Like right. all of these other people don't have space. Well, that and wasn't so, the point. That wasn't the point of your project. The point exactly, of the project the right, was to was to raise everybody else up. Exactly. And so then um, I was having a conversation about it with Kevin and he was like, Tony, your focus, like your passion is black women. It is perfectly fine for you to just say, hey, it's only going to be black women. Right. And so I shifted Body Undefined to, for now, only showcase black women of color, because I believe that black women of color are um, all of the things that we've been talking about. You know, we've been ignored. We've been hypersexualized. Like if you see a black woman doing um, boudoir or if you see her um, in society, like on in videos or anything like that, she is so hypersexualized. It's mm-hmm. all sex driven, sex, yes. sex, sex. Um, even at a young age, young black girls, as early as, you know, eight, when they start developing, mm-hmm. our, uh, our bodies are sexualized. You know, right. when we can't wear shorts at home, when we, when our parents have male company, right. like if a man is coming over, the first thing our mom says, you need to go put some pants on. Right. And that's just because they realize that our bodies are sexualized especially when we start developing. Right. And, and so we learn at a very early age that men are looking at our bodies. We learn at a very young age what the male gaze is. Right. And we don't understand it, but we know it makes us uncomfortable. Right. So Body Undefined right now is, you know, just uplifting Black women. It's giving Black women a platform to show our bodies and to show that our bodies are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it is right now. As I'm trying to relaunch it, I still get submissions. I was still getting submissions of, of white women. And so I had to say, boom, nope, I'm shutting it down until I can restructure. So I'm mm-hmm. working on getting it back up and running. And so next year, that's what I'll be doing. Like, by, like I expect great things from Body Undefined. Mm-hmm. Um, and the segue was that Tamaya is the one who inspired me to create this platform. She's all about creating our own seat at the table. If we can't pull up a seat to someone else's table, then we're going to create our own table. Yes. And so in and, and creating our own, ta- it's really funny because once we start creating our own spaces, other people notice, other people take notice. And then we right. can have our own space, but then we can also be a part of their space as well if we choose to be. Um, so that's, and that's kind of where I want to go with Body Undefined. Right now, I wanted to have this space for Black women. And then I'll start opening it, opening it up to other women of color. Um, and then I'll just start opening it up to other people's bodies, you know, yeah. whether it's women or men. But I just wanted to eventually represent all of the people who are underrepresented or not represented at all. Right. So it's submissions only. I really don't post my own work unless I'm submitting something. Um so I will definitely have that open soon for people to submit articles, for them to like photographers to submit their work, for them to interview their clients um, and things of that nature on their experiences with accepting their bodies. Mm. Oh, I love that. And I'm going to include the link to Body Undefined in the show notes. You Yay, guys, woo, so you'll woo, be able woo, to see woo. it. And all of these beautiful mentions, Charmy, Kevin, yes. Tamaya, I'm going to include all of their links as well. Yes. So you'll be able to follow them. And all of these people ha- have had oh, such a profound effect on our circle. And then yes. the ripple effect is we all raise each other up. We're all taking note. We're all listening to each other. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I want to leave you guys with 
Thank you for listening to this. Yes. That's the Thank you. biggest thing you can do to increase diversity and inclusivity, not only in your business, but in your community and the ripple effect to the world mm-hmm. is to just listen. If people, if a group of people are telling us that there's a problem, all we have to do is listen. It's for a reason. It's for a reason. You don't have to automatically be preparing your defensive comment because this is what I learned in years and years of therapy with my ex-husband, right? Is (laughs) in therapy, they tell you that when you're having an argument or when you're having a, we'll say, quote unquote, adult conversation, the other person is speaking, the human nature is you're automatically preparing your rebuttal to their comment, right? You're not even really truly listening to their issue. You're prepping to tell them why you're not wrong and why they are. Absolutely. That is normal. All we have to do is acknowledge that that's normal and knock it off. (laughs) Exactly. And knock it off. And become really good listeners because when you do that, you open up your mind and your heart to change. And that is why this is so beautiful. Tony, I love you so much. Thank you so much you for back. being here. And Thank you guys, you for me. Oh, follow along on her journey. Again, take a look at the show notes and find her, follow her. She's going to be doing amazing things for the world. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means so much to us that you're here and we hope you walk away feeling inspired as hell. If you're not already a student in Unraveled Academy, go to www.theunraveledacademy.com. You can also access the link below. Come join us. We have a seat waiting with your name on it.